Broncos are going to lose today. Never was nothing special. Small. 49ers are biased on KD. That is a stupid idea. You're com no. If I can't take it with my team, I'll give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Madden 21 was so bad. I'm gonna show last time I gave my body Has he played? Has he started in the drive? to tell ya. Tag him on Instagram. Second, in all these tantrums. I could have. Monte Foreman coming out of Texas. Truly appreciate that. What is up? What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode five of That One Dude 2020, right here on the MI6 Sports Network, pretty much every single Thursday at 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. But ladies and gentlemen, this weekend is Super Bowl 55. But before we do, Isaiah, you better get ready. Yeah, Isaiah, you say not to expose yourself. But, man, if you wouldn't send those embarrassing texts, this probably wouldn't have happened. But, ladies and gentlemen, to a quicker, maybe quicker, Isaiah Roast Chess. Well, first of all, Kyle says, what's up, Kyle? Hope you're doing well again. No, Kyle McClurg is doing what he's doing, doing such great things. But, Isaiah, the first one here, folks. Isaiah talks so much smack in football fantasy like he did in basketball fantasy. He said it was going to be a cakewalk. He drafted Kevin Love. Isaiah Leong lost in fantasy football to to a 60-year-old, to a 70-year-old, and I believe another 60-year-old retired man that doesn't even watch football. So Isaiah claiming that he talks about his 49ers. Isaiah talking about he talks about Michigan. He keeps hyping up all these teams. But yet in fantasy football with some friends or from our old work crew, Loses against senior citizens. He loses against people that could be in a retirement home. Loses against people that could live in a retirement community. Isaiah, I don't know where you're at, but you're probably drinking a virgin pita colada or drinking one of those white girl coffee or drinks or maybe some random McDonald's sugary drink that you always do every single time. Now, Isaiah, folks, Isaiah made a bet. And I say, I'm going to call you out here on that one, dude, 2020. I hope James Gonzalez, I hope Kyle McClurg, I hope everybody calls him out on this. Isaiah made a bet. I don't remember specifically what it was about, but Isaiah was saying that if, if he lost the bet, he has to eat an entire packet of butter, record the video, and put it on Facebook. Yet again, people, Isaiah has to eat an entire packet of butter post the video on facebook and folks like i say even if isaiah loses a bet and if you're gonna make a bet isaiah or anybody you don't do something crazy like that it didn't have to be stick of butter you could bet two dollars five dollars isaiah if you wouldn't have been embarrassing yourself yet again ladies and gentlemen but for the first part of the Isaiah Rosas. This would be Isaiah holding a McDonald's cup of coffee, trying to hop over his fence, and then he falls. This is exactly how it would look like, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I've been falling. I'm sorry. I've been falling. 
that's exactly how I say would be because he all he drinks is McDonald's coffee and blah blah. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know why. And another thing, I, you know, Isaiah talked trash. Callan can vouch for me here on basketball fantasy. He said it would be a cakewalk. He's the same guy that said the Warriors would win the 2021 NBA championship if they drafted Lomelo Ball. Keyword, I'll say this again. Isaiah said, if the Golden State Warriors draft LaMelo Ball in the 2020 NBA draft, the Warriors would be crowned 2021 NBA champions. This is coming from the same guy that he'd eat a raw egg on television, had to do it on the night shift. Martin was there. I was there. Isaiah was there. It's the same guy that used to eat a packet of butter. And Christy, I don't know if it's salted. Or unsalted butter. He wasn't too sure. But just for this bet, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to make sure it's unsalted butter. Isaiah, if you want to make any crazy bets, you don't have to. It could be just betting five bucks or maybe a $5 type of sandwich or anything else. But you decide to. And you decide to send those embarrassing messages, those embarrassing text messages of those crazy bets you made. Now. Callan, of course, shares it to the group chat because you're like, oh, don't show the group. Don't show the group. Don't show the guys. What do you think Isaiah truly and generally is going to happen? He's like, no, it's okay. I don't want Isaiah to embarrass himself. We do appreciate you on this network. But, man, when you love to embarrass yourself, I have to do a quick recess every single Thursday here on the show. Isaiah also said, if the Warriors trade Steph Curry, and give the keys to LaMelo Ball, the Warriors would win the 2021 NBA championship. Mind you, you probably already knew Clay Thompson was going to be out for the whole year again with another torn ACL. Folks, I know, for me, not all the sports bets I make are going to be right. But at least I bet like $2, $3, or I'll buy you dinner, or I'll buy you a drink. Of course, drinks could be like soda, water, anything. But those small bets don't hurt you. 20 bucks here and there every couple of years for a Super Bowl, that's all good. But Isaiah wants to somehow, most of his bets, if you realize this here, folks, most of his bets when it comes to sports, he's betting with food. We know Isaiah likes food. I know no food type, but I'm talking about roasting. Every single bet, the butter, the uh, the egg, potentially something else. It's always around food. Who knows? Otherwise, Isaiah can embarrass himself. But two more things Isaiah said before we get to the NFL segment here. We're talking about my opinion of the Rams and Lions trade and, of course, some other things happening around in the NFL. Isaiah Leon also said, LaMelo Ball would be, would be better than Magic Johnson. Let me say this again. Isaiah Leon said in a, in a private chat, and then it was posted on our group chat on the MI6 Sports Network. Isaiah said, LaMelo Ball would be better than Magic Johnson, who is a Hall of Famer, doing what he did in his career. I mean, this is the guy that hopped over his fence with a, literally, I believe, a hot cup of coffee from McDonald's. I don't know if he fell over the fence. I don't know if he was McFallen. Tried to get in his own house. Forgot the code. 
the alarm was set off by ATT, and the cops came thinking it was a burglar. It's just Isaiah forgetting the code to his own house. This is the same guy that flushed his phone down the toilet and was pretending to be a baseball player and broke his computer. So, folks, just a quick roasting of Isaiah. Jensen's all says, I'm McFallen. Haha. Again, I'm not laughing that she fell, but when she says, I've McFallen, it's what she said. I think that really made it funny to me. And I thought that video was perfect here, James, just because we know Isaiah loves McDonald's and surprise, he hasn't bought any um, stock for McDonald's. As a member, Isaiah's reaction to James Wyman getting drafted by the Warriors, that's hilarious because he talked about Lamella Ball. Again, there's no doubt I think Lamella Ball has some talent. But to, to say that you trade Steph Curry, give Lamella Ball the keys, and they, they will be in the 2021 NBA Finals and win it, it's just a little bit crazy. But that's all we have here. That one, do 2020. Just a quick Isaiah Rose test every single Thursday. Again, ladies and gentlemen, the longly awaited, I finally get to say live, Super Bowl 55, the current GOAT versus the future potential GOAT. One of the questions as I'm writing this content for tonight is, who's the better starting quarterback? We can classify this, folks. People have different opinions. When we talk about who's a better starting quarterback, is it in terms of arm talent? Is it the mental mentality on the field? It's how do you get the best out of your weapons? Do you best spread the ball around? Lack of turnovers. There's so many different situations here like I talk about. But my opinion, and maybe this is going to rub people the wrong way, but I say Tom Brady is. Now, I understand people can have different opinions. Let me talk about it from both sides, but why I pick Tom Brady. I understand. Patrick Mahomes has the better arm. Again, it's not just having the better arm. You could have the better arm. But mental, how are you? how's your mentality throughout the game, despite what the stats are, despite what the situation is? That's why I give Tom Brady the edge. That's why we, we can go back just a little bit to the Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl. The mentality. He didn't have the greatest arm in that game for the most part. The mentality, instead of freaking out, Instead of going all postal, instead of throwing his helmet down, folks, you know what he did. They came back, kept calm, was composure. He kept calm. That's the thing why I give Brady over Mahomes. So we can talk about different reasons. Mahomes have the better arm. Mahomes is younger. All these different situations, all these different opinions. But, folks, I'm going to have to say, I've picked Tom Brady. I think he's a better quarterback in this game over Mahomes. Now, who has a brighter future? Again, who knows? Isaiah says, Fresno, here I come. But Isaiah, you make sure don't buy the wrong plane ticket or spend an extra 120 bucks or 13 bucks on just a couple of fries and little Parmesan crust on top there. Begin back to the NFL segment. Super Bowl 55, Tom Brady, the current GOAT versus Mahomes, the future GOAT. Course mark, begin. I'm going to have to say Tom Brady is a better quarterback. The mentality, the mental state of Tom Brady, I trust more. Then Mahomes, because again, Mahomes has done so many amazing, amazing things already in the NFL. But Tom Brady, when you poke the bear, I said this the whole entire play playoffs. I said this almost a year ago. My second ever video on the That One Do 2020 Facebook page. Again, it wasn't that much of a far cry take. 
I said the Bucks are Super Bowl contenders. People say, that's not that far of a take. Well, maybe not. They had the same roster in 2019, very similar roster in 2018. Cameron Bright was a free agent in 2014 and got re-signed in 2018 to a four- or five-year deal. They had Tom Brady. Put in a couple different quarterbacks in the system. Do they go to the Super Bowl? No. I understand Tom Brady doesn't have maybe the arm. That he, excuse me. I don't understand that. Tom Brady doesn't have the arm he used to. He's getting older. Bruce Arians. Finally wants to win a Super Bowl. He was so close with the Arizona Cardinals. But now I'll talk about another side of this. We talked about Brady versus Mahomes. Why well, pick Brady? I understand the expectations. I understand that all the things of going back to back. It's really hard to do that. The New England Patriots did that in 2003 and 2004. But talking about the coaching side of this, I say Andy Reid, but who is obviously there's more pressure. There's more all eyes on Bruce Arians, who formerly did spend some time with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, they drafted Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown now is most likely going to be starting in this game in his first ever Super Bowl. Folks, here you could have the best coach. You could have the best reference. But what's going to come down? Who's going to want it more? Who's more hungry? I know we've heard this before, but is this Bruce Arians truly want to win a Super Bowl? Is he? Does it really matter to him? And I believe it does. Because if the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win the Super Bowl this year, in the next year or two, he's going to retire. Think about it. They were in the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. I believe they lost. I forgot who it was. So correct me if I'm wrong. James Gonzalez or anybody in the comment section below. So close to the Cardinals. He did retire. And previously before that, spent some time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who unfortunately just weren't able to get it done and get to the Super Bowl in terms of Bruce Arians' time with the Steelers here, folks. But there's more pressure, no doubt, on Bruce Arians just because they couldn't do anything with Jameis Winston. But I give the edge Tom Brady, but coaching-wise, Andy Reid. But there's, without a doubt, more pressure on Bruce Arians. There's no doubt he's a good coach. But what could cement his legacy is going to have to be winning a Super Bowl. That was the biggest thing looming around Andy Reid for a long time, which was what? Can he win a Super Bowl? They play New England before, can't so close. It goes Donovan McNabb, Brian Westbrook, and all those guys couldn't get it done. But now Andy Reid won the Super Bowl last year. So he submitted his legacy as a great coach. You can have all the wins. But can you win the final game, which is Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. But without a doubt, I'm kind of going to these next couple of questions that I really want to expand people's minds to kind of give my genuine opinion. But in the comment section below, anybody that's watching, Anything else like that? I would love to hear your opinions. Who do you think is a better quarterback? Who do you think is more under pressure in this game? Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, or on the coaching side? Bruce Arians, or of course, Andy Reid, who is a Super Bowl champion from 2020. But ladies and gentlemen, the question here, the biggest one out of everything else we're going to talk about tonight. Does Patrick Mahomes need to beat Tom Brady? And the answer is yes. Is can Also, can Patrick Mahomes dethrone Tom Brady? And for me, my answer for right now is no. Because I understand what Patrick Mahomes has done. I understand they face each other in a 2019 AFC Championship game. I understand the past. I understand what Mahomes can do. I know he has the better arm. We get all these different factors here, folks. But I trust Tom Brady more. Tom Brady has the experience, but I don't think Mahomes can beat Brady. I think to, t right, I'll say right now, 16 minutes in, 
The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are winning Super Bowl 55. That is my genuine opinion. I can't wait for the Super Bowl. We're talking back to this. Patrick Mahomes, I don't believe right now, can dethrone Tom Brady. Is Patrick Mahomes potentially the future go in the NFL? Without a doubt. But, folks, if Patrick Mahomes cannot beat Tom Brady, he's not the future GOAT. Because in anything, it's not just football, it's not just baseball, it's basketball. In any type of sport or any type of career, to be the best, you have to beat the best. You can have the best numbers. You can have all these rings. That's great. But did you beat the best? Did you conquer your fears? Did you get that thing that was you were struggling with? Did you dethrone it? That's the question I'm asking here with Patrick Mahomes. We know what he brings to the table. We know what Andy Ring brings to the table. We know what the roster that they have. We know about Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill and all these other guys. Le'Veon Bell's first ever Super Bowl. We know all these other weapons. I understand. But the question is here, ladies and gentlemen. If Patrick Mahomes does not beat Tom Brady, will he ever be the future GOAT in the NFL? I would love to hear y'all's opinions in the comment section below. But in my genuine opinion, my answer is no. Because if you cannot beat Tom Brady, then what are you going to do next year? What if happens next year? What if you lose in the AFC Championship game or the division round? Is there going to be some questions? Yes. There's no doubt that teams are headed in the right direction. I don't care what you did last year. This is the thing about the Super Bowl. Last year doesn't matter. This this current regular season does not matter. We're in the Super Bowl. We're in Super Bowl 55. There's a fact. Patrick Mahomes has to beat Tom Brady. And if Patrick Mahomes can't beat Tom Brady, I don't know or how Tom Brady could be the future GOAT of the NFL. Because if to be the best, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, you have to beat the best. David beat Goliath, Tom Brady. I'm sorry, Patrick Mahomes has to beat Tom Brady. There's no option. If he loses, I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, it's because of toe turf. No, a win's a win. We want to talk about wins and championship. You criticize Toronto for injury-riddled Warriors, but then we praise the Lakers for um, beating a injury-riddled Heat. So be consistent with your argument here. Patrick Mahomes injured. No excuses. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have to beat Tom Brady and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I believe Mahomes is under more pressure to beat Tom Brady than Andy Reid is to beat Bruce Arians because there's the GOAT conversation. There's no doubt in my mind. I don't think Patrick Mahomes cares about being the GOAT. But in terms of conversations, in terms of future debates, in terms of future content, Patrick Mahomes has to beat Tom Brady. I don't care the excuses. It has to absolutely happen here. But before we move on to a couple of topics here, let's get to what do the people have to say here. Christy Wilson comes to say the Cowboys went back to back. That's true. In 1992 and in 1992. Three, Edward Lee comes in. What's up, Edward? Hope everything is well with you. As with Christy and James Gonzalez, I bet the Chiefs is going to be the next champion or currently maybe the current champion if they do win it back-to-back. Again, there's without a doubt a chance that Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs can win back-to-back. But again, it's a Super Bowl. Winning it back-to-back is not as simple as maybe getting a week one Week one and week two back to back wins in the regular season. There's so much more pressure, even if it's the oh, uh, the AFC champ or not the AFC championship game, but the AFC divisional round. We well, have to get past that. You can win those back to back, 
But the Super Bowl is a different game. What are we talking about? It's a different game because it's differently mentally. This is why I say the mentality I give to Tom Brady. Tom Brady has been to the Super Bowl nine times. This will be his 10th Super Bowl. If Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, which he will. It's not just Tom Brady's going to win it. It's the entire Tampa Bay Bucks organization who hasn't won it since 2002, I believe, with John Gruden and that roster they had on that monster defense. But Tampa Bay, there's no doubt, is going to win this game. I have it the Super Bowl 55 champions here. Christy Wilson also says that the Chiefs defense can get to Brady. Good point. It makes them nervous like the Giants did. They do have a chance. Again, Christy, I'm not saying the Chiefs don't have a chance. They, without a doubt, have a chance to win this game. It's going to be one of those – I understand we say this in the past, but specifically in this game with the GOAT conversation and potentially is Tom Brady going to retire in the next two to three years? Who knows? All these potential thoughts in our head. I definitely think there is a chance, but it's going to be one of those. You cannot settle for field goals. It has to be touchdown or failure. This is not like a regular season against the Bucks and Saints. Oh, you could set up for a field goal here, or maybe we'll see what happens. We lose. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. Field goals are not an option for the Chiefs, and field goals are definitely not an option for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. When we talk about both sides, Patrick Mahomes, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, the only thing you can do to stop the Chiefs, really, is you can't stop out their homes, it's really stop their weapons, is you have to keep them off the field. Even then, it's nearly impossible. Even then, it's nearly hard. This is why I go back to the mentality, the mental state of a game, is how can you keep them off the field? Yes, they're getting some yards down the field. Is that going to get you distracted? Is that going to get you frustrated? Let's go back to the Seattle Super Bowl. Of course, you know what happened at the end with the Malcolm Butler interception. They were down 10 points. What did they do? Did Tom Brady freak out? Tom Brady throw a tantrum and Tommy's like, oh, we're done. It's over. No. That's why he's one of the many, many reasons why Tom Brady is the GOAT. And I'll say it here before we continue on with the Super Bowl 55 discussion here, folks. Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl. Even now, Tom Brady is, in my opinion, more accomplished or better than Michael Jordan. There's no discredit. Michael Jordan is the GOAT of basketball. But Tom Brady doing what he's doing at 43 years old with a physicality type game. For many, many years in the Super Bowl, he's been the oldest starting quarterback in NFL history here. So there's no doubt. In my opinion, the Bucks, without a doubt, going to win this game. But if I have to say it's going to be a close one, it's going to make me nervous without a doubt. This next question I really want to ask any of y'all that are watching. If Patrick Mahomes loses in Super Bowl 55, will his legacy be affected in a negative way? And I'll ask that question one more time. If Patrick Mahomes loses in Super Bowl 55, will his legacy be negatively affected? I would love to hear Y'all's opinions here right in the comment section below. Will Patrick Mahomes' legacy be affected negatively if the Kansas City Chiefs are not able to pull the upset against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers again in Super Bowl 55 as the Bucs are first team, I believe, in NFL history to host the Super Bowl in their home town here. Christy Wilson says one word is no. 
the reason why I say yes, not 100%, but just for now. Because whenever Tom Brady retires, we'll get to that point. But until then, I think his legacy definitely could be negatively affected if he does lose the Super Bowl this year. Because, again, there's so much pressure going back-to-back. You could have the greatest roster, but it doesn't mean you're guaranteed to win back-to-back Super Bowls. If you lose this Super Bowl and Tom Brady continues to play, let's say hypothetically, maybe I'm crazy, the next three to four years at best, and Tom Brady continues to get to the playoffs and deep in the playoffs, it's going to be years and years before Patrick Holmes can really be the new GOAT of the NFL. The question is here. I would love to hear y'all's opinion. If Tom Brady wins Super Bowl 55 and gets ring number seven, should Tom Brady retire? Because really, in my opinion, I don't think Tom Brady should retire. Again, we know we talk about when to retire. We talk about Peyton Manning with my Denver Broncos in 2015, that miserable, miserable season. I know we didn't win the Super Bowl. Because of Peyton Manning. We know the legacy of Peyton Manning. We know the legacy of Tom Brady. We know the legacy of past quarterbacks. We know what happened with Donovan McNabb. But I do think some quarterbacks, even though it's really hard to admit, sometimes we don't want to swallow our pride. We have to know when to retire. But I think if Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, and they tire, I say Tom Brady, but the Bucks win the Super Bowl, of course he's not going to retire. He's 43 years old, 4,300-plus 4, yards. 30-plus TDs on the air at 43 years old. I understand oh, he had the weapons. You lost O.J. Howard for the year. The offense line parts of the year wasn't necessarily getting it done. Maybe Leonard Fournette's getting the job done. He sat Antonio Brown. So, so many different aspects here. And, of course, uh, Christy Wilson says, yes, he has everything and really has nothing else left to prove without a doubt he has nothing else left to prove but i think if tom brady wins his seventh super bowl and he comes i'm not saying it's gonna happen let's say tom brady wins it this year which i believe he will in a year or two wins another one in less than 25 years tom brady would have more super bowl rings than the entire steelers franchise that the bucks win it this year in 21 years or less tom brady has as many rings total as the Steelers franchise of all time. So that doesn't give another reason, another ammo to why Tom Brady is to go. I know we can have our different opinions. I know it sounds like maybe I'm Tom Brady fan. Oh, because he's winning. I am only a fan of him now, not because of his winning, because he's able to prove me wrong. Folks here, we have sports and we have pride. If we're not able to swallow pride and to admit when we're wrong in a sports take or when in a sports bet or about a player, then we're not going to make it in the sports industry here, folks. I'll admit time and time and I continuously, time and time again, I have bet against Tom Brady and I've been proven wrong every single time, which is why I can no longer bet against Tom Brady and Gene Gonzalez. I didn't even think about this, so thank you for mentioning this. He said, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans must be ticked off because, again, Antonio Brown on one side and Le'Veon Bell on the other side are playing on Super Bowl Sunday. I couldn't agree more. You made a point that I forgot to make just because, again, the Steelers many, many times were so close to Super Bowl with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Mind you, those years Antonio Brown had with the Steelers were phenomenal. Le'Veon Bell had those years when he was one of the best running backs in the league. If you look at the numbers and what they couldn't do, whether it was Tomlin's fault, whether it was Antonio Brown's fault, or whoever 
We're not here to say attach blame. But I without a doubt agree James Gonzalez's comment is one of the best comments I've seen in terms of the situation. Steelers fans are going to be mad because they know the roster they had. You had Antonio Brown. You had Manny Sanders for a bit. Then you traded to the Denver Broncos. You know what Emmanuel Sanders is with the Saints, who are not in the Super Bowl yet again. But the point is, I can't imagine what the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are feeling right now. But my question is, when we talk about the Tampa Bay, or question just thoughts, when you talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense, what is a factor? I said two players. Again, they're all great players. Two players to watch out for. In my opinion, if I'm wrong, I'll come on there and say I was wrong. But in my opinion, Scott Miller. Remember, he's been a big factor in the division round, especially in the NFC Championship game when the Bucs were at 14-10 with less than nine seconds left to go up 21-10 against, I believe, the um, – I forgot what his name was on defense for the Green Bay Packers. Kevin King, I believe, got torched by Scott Miller. So Scott Miller in Super Bowl 55, without a doubt, is going to be a huge factor. Another one here, Leonard Fournette. I understand we talk about the past with him and the Jaguars. Talking about the Jaguars necessarily. They've had running backs again and again. You had David Garrod. You had Maurice Jones, Drew. You had... Leonard Fournette, and now you got this young guy and his after his first year in the NFL. We know what the Jaguars do, but talking about it back again with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe Fournette's going to be a big factor in this game. We can look at the playoffs, and again, the numbers may not show it, and this is why I said Nick Chubb was a big factor for the Browns a little bit, is because, yes, the numbers may not show it in yards per carry or touchdowns, but when they need to make a big play to seal the game or to give them the advantage or to give the Kansas City Chiefs offense frustration. Leonard Fournette is going to be that guy. And Scott Miller. I understand they have Antonio Brown, who I'd love to have on the show. I understand they got Cameron Brait. I understand they got Rob Ronkowski. I understand who else they have on that offense. I totally understand. I'm telling you, my opinion, humble opinion, Scott Miller and I believe Leonard Fournette are going to be two people you need to look at for early in this game. And of course, in Super Bowl 55, but I would love to hear anybody else's opinion. Who do y'all think will be crowned the 2021 NFL champions? And again, Super Bowl 55 as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers face the Kansas City Chiefs this Sunday at 5.30 p.m. with Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the first team, I believe, in NFL history to have the host the Super Bowl in their home stadium here. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, as we finish Super Bowl 55 talk, when we talk about Patrick Mahomes, when we talk about the Bucks, what's the biggest factor for the Chiefs? I already talked about Scott Miller and Leonard Fournette. When we talk about the Chiefs, I understand Tyree Kill. I understand Travis Kelsey. I understand all these weapons, but I'm going to have to say a little bit. I believe in this game early on, or maybe sometime in the third or fourth quarter, they're going to rely a little bit on the running game. I believe Le'Veon Bell playing in his first ever Super Bowl. I believe maybe not have the most numbers. Maybe have eight to ten carries. But each of those carries is going to be very valuable for them in this game. Again, the Chiefs are still going to lose against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And again, if I'm wrong, I'm not going to make a bet like Isaiah and eat a stick of butter or eat an egg on air, or lose against old men that don't watch football and fantasy football or fantasy basketball here, Callan, or Isaiah Leon. I will come on air, on my show, or even off 
my show and admit I was wrong about it. That's the kind of bet I want to make. I don't have to make a bet that embarrasses myself. Again, Le'Veon Bell could be a big factor early on. But again, people, defenses turn to, not just in the Super Bowl last year, but in the regular season this past year, on third or fourth down and short, who is a big target Patrick Mahomes is going to go to? It's going to be Travis Kelsey. To mind you, Travis Kelsey, Le'Veon Bell for the Kansas City Chiefs in terms of two-factor players. Of course, on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers side of this is Leonard Fournette and Scott Miller. Both are ballers. Both aren't going to say the most elite of their position. But they always they get the job done when it matters here. Again, a Super Bowl 55 pick, I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over the Kansas City Chiefs. The final score, and mind you folks, I'm learning on my score predictions, so I may be way off on this one. I see 35-32 to 32 Tampa Bay. Again, I may be wrong here, folks, but again, I'll admit when I'm wrong. But that is just my score prediction. As we move on to more football content, we'll get better and better in terms of scores, scoring predictions for any NFL game. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we will come back in just about 30 seconds after a quick commercial break to finish the show of That One Dude 2020. We'll see you back here in just a second. here, folks. Tempe Buccaneers were triumph against the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday in Super Bowl 55. But this next thing I really want to talk about, I know before because it's been hashed out, so I'll give you my thoughts and we'll move on before we end the show tonight. That one, dude, 2020. Every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So by beware, the next couple months, there will be big guests on the show. Just be patient. I promise it's going to happen. This past week, or this past week or two, we talked about Trades that could happen in the NFL. The rumors about Jared Goff could be gone. I talked about is too much money. And specifically in dead cap, the Rams are already broke because their GM and the organization plays players at the wrong time. The Lions, I don't think they're going to get rid of Matthew Stafford. But folks, this past week and a half, the Detroit Lions and the Los Angeles Frauds. Oh, sorry, did I really say that, Jonathan, here? But both teams made a huge trade. That I didn't expect. Isaiah kept hopping up. No, Matthew Stafford's going to the 49ers. No, it's going to be Matthew Stafford. But it's also the same guy that said Josh Rosen was the savior. It's the same guy that said Nick Mullins was the guy. Same thing that said about many other quarterbacks. But folks, Matthew Stafford, of course, was traded to the Los Angeles Rams. And Los Angeles Rams trade Jared Goff and a couple of first-round picks to the Detroit Lions. Let's cover this, folks. The Los Angeles Rams. Again, this is, I don't give complete fault to Sean McVay, but I give fault to the GM. I'm sorry, folks, but the GM of the Los Angeles Rams has to be absolutely laughable. And what decision has the Rams GM made in the past four to five years that has made sense for the team? I understand 
You have to pay your players. That is 100% without a doubt a priority here, folks. When you don't know how to pay them at the right time, that is key. And how you do it, I say this specifically, you went all in that year they went to the Super Bowl. In the 2018 season, you went all in thinking that, oh, we're going to get a Super Bowl and we're going to win it. But, folks, they got to the Super Bowl, but they couldn't win. Of course, they need like going to Dominic and Sue. Keith Tlaib, a year or so later, retires from the NFL, trades Miami Dolphins to get rid of cap space. And then you get Jalen Ramsey, you pay him, which is a great elite cornerback in the NFL. But now if you look at their cap situation, I don't know the numbers on top of my head, but this is also the result of the GM. The Browns are as have as much money as Isaiah does. Isaiah spends more money at McDonald's than the Rams have right now in terms of cap space. But Christy Wilson, I agree. The Rams have gone downhill since losing that got off a Super Bowl against the Patriots without a doubt. Christy, I mean, it's been a long time since the Rams won a Super Bowl against Kurt Warner, who's one of the greatest playoff quarterbacks of all time, a.k.a. the greatest show on turf. But I agree, Christy, that defense played, defense did what they needed to do. They got the Patriots to only 10 points, but the offense and Jared Goff, look like a deer in headlights. Sometimes if we get things when we want them versus when we need them, we're never always truly ready. And that's what I think what happened with the Los Angeles Rams. They really wanted it now. But were they ready? Clearly they were not in that Super Bowl two years ago. I believe in Super Bowl 53. We break it down for the Los Angeles Rams here, folks. This gets crazy. This gets insane. The, the amount of first-round picks for the Los Angeles Rams is something that blows my mind. The Los Angeles Rams trade all their first-round picks from Jalen Ramsey. You got Jerry Goff in 2016. You got all these guys. Mind you, folks, we'll discuss here in a moment. 2016, they drafted Jerry Goff in the first round. The Rams didn't have a first-round pick in 2017. No first-round pick in 2018. 2019, 2020, 2021, 2022, and of course, 2023. Who is part of the blend you would give it on? The GM. You trade all your first round picks. I understand it's I understand you gotta get the players you think will help you with the team, but it's not always about getting the most elite players. Just because they're the most one of the most or Top five or top six of their position doesn't mean they're the best fit for your organization. That's why the Patriots had success. Certain points, they didn't have necessarily the best players at all the positions, but they got the guys that are the best fit for their team, no matter what they did in the past, no matter what they didn't do in the future, what they weren't going to do potentially for the New England Patriots. The Rams GM needs to be fired. I'm sorry here, Jonathan. I'm sorry, Rams fans. I understand. The expectations are high. You traded for Matthew Stafford. You have no first-round picks till maybe 2024 or beyond. The expectations for the Los Angeles Rams is Super Bowl win or bust. That's really what it, I believe it boils down here, folks. You give up so much for, for Matthew Stafford, who I believe is a great quarterback, but with the low amount of cap space. What do you do about Michael Brockers? What do you do about so many guys on the defensive side of the ball that you need to pay? How are you going to pay them? You're already under the cap by 15 plus million dollars, give or take. Give me, correct me if I'm wrong. They're already under the cap. Jalen Ramsey, Michael Brockers that has to get paid, Aaron Donald, so many other guys on the defense haven't gotten paid, and they're due for a big payday. 
How are the Rams going to pay those guys? Where's the money going to come from? You can't refinance your team like you can a home. Folks, this is not how it works in the NFL. Any team that wants to hire a GM or any GM that wants to be a GM for an organization, look at what the Los Angeles Rams did and do the exact opposite here. Again, just like we learned with John Dorsey and the Browns, it's not always about making the flashiest picks. It's not always about making the flashiest trades. It's about getting the guys that are best fit for your team. That's what I love about the NFL. There's some certainty. There's also a lot of uncertainty here, folks. The Rams just aren't going to get it done, I believe. But let me discuss it further. I believe Matthew Stafford on this team gives him a better chance than Jared Goff next year. I don't believe Jared Goff is a franchise quarterback. This is what I have talked about in the past here on our, on past episodes of That One Do 2020. You can check it on the Facebook page. We talk about empty calorie stats. You can have the best passing yards, the best numbers, the underrated in terms of under interceptions, all those things. But can you win those big moments? Can you win those big games? And the question is, Jared Goff couldn't. I mean, folks here, even near the end of the 2018 season, as they get to the Super Bowl, the last couple of games back in 2018, Jared Goff had six touchdowns to seven interceptions. So already early on, we we already saw in terms of the numbers how the Rams, it just wasn't going to work out here. You look at the GM of the Rams, do the exact opposite. I understand you have to pay the quarterback, but this is what's hard about being a GM in the NFL. When do you pay the quarterback or how? Because if you do this basic math, Jared Goff was drafted in 2016. If the Rams didn't pay him past his rookie contract, 2020 was his last year of his rookie contract. So they could have let him go after this year. And they wouldn't owe him any money. And they could have some money against the cap. And they wouldn't be as broke as they are right now. But no, they paid him early. After they lost in the Super Bowl, after Jared Goff couldn't get it done, completely less than, I believe, 52.456% of his passes against the New England Patriots. This GM doesn't know what he's doing. You say it's on the GM. It's also on the organization. Obviously, you don't fire him right now because getting a guy like Matthew Stafford is a good deal. But there's so much more pressure now than there was with Jared Goff. Because now, when you look at the Detroit Lions side of this, in my humble opinion, I believe the Detroit Lions won this trade. Let me explain. If Jared Goff somehow isn't their guy, and I don't believe he is because in the way they're rebuilding, Jeff Okuda comes back next year. Let's see what DeAndre Swift can do in year two. You got Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. Can you keep those guys? Since the Detroit Lions are in true rebuild mode with a new head coach, with a new GM, if it doesn't work out with Jared Goff, after 2021, they can release him and have little to no debt or trade him. If they trade or release him and have little to no dead money at all. So, folks, it shouldn't be a surprise the Lions won this trade because they're not stuck with Jared Goff. They didn't overpay him. If it doesn't work out after one year, they're good to go. They can draft a guy in the 2021 drafts if they're not confident in Jared Goff. And then, poof, Jared Goff after a year could be gone. And the Rams are still suffering because they over not they also overpaid and paid him at the wrong time. This is what we've seen with many organizations in the past. We do need to pay the quarterback. Do not undervalue the, at the quarterback position. But if you put so much money into the quarterback and don't have money at all, built bits and pieces, 
around your team, around your offense, around your defense, around your special teams, your team isn't going to succeed. This is the same thing we've seen over and over and over again. But folks, GMs, organizations clearly don't learn. But for the first time in my lifetime since watching football since 2006, over 15 years ago, I can honestly say that the Detroit Lions, I believe, are headed in the right direction, or it looks like they're actually headed in the right direction. They move on from Matthew Stafford and is the best Matthew Stafford. And if I'm Matthew Stafford, I would be throwing a party. You finally got out of an organization that doesn't care about you. They gave the middle finger to the or, to the uh, Matthew Stafford, to the fans. They didn't care about Matthew Stafford. We made that clip. We've talked about the past injury history with Matthew Stafford with the Detroit Lions. When we talk about the most important thing for a franchise is the offensive line. I'm so happy for Matthew Stafford. But when we look at both, the Lions won the trade, but obviously there's more pressure on the Rams because, again, they're going all in for the Super Bowl yet again. Clearly, this is great for Stafford for getting out of Detroit, but is it really great for the Rams to get him? Because if they don't even get to the Super Bowl or the NFC Championship game, this was a failed experiment. When Folks, when a team is trying to rebuild, you got to look at the long-term solution. You have Cooper Cup, who you paid. In two or three years or so, his contract's going to expire. What if the guy you drafted this year in the back, what are you going to do with him? What do you do with Josh Reynolds? What do you do with Everett, Michael Brockers? All those guys are going to have to pay. And how are you going to pay any of those guys when you have Matthew Stafford? Again, I bl- I'm so glad Matthew Stafford got out of Detroit. Let me make that very abundantly clear. The Rams don't get to the Super Bowl and win it. It's a bust based on the move they made for Matthew Stafford in the amount of first-round picks they gave up. Now imagine other quarterbacks that could go into free agency that could be traded. Imagine how much they're going to ask for Deshaun Watson. How, how many are they going to ask for so many different quarterbacks in the NFL? It's a mystery. So many beautiful things that happen in NFL free agency here. But, folks, something I like to do in football while, before I really do the sports shows, every single year we had the draft in the very next year. We kind of like to redo things here, kind of redoing the previous NFL draft. Again, just be just a couple of these. But before we kind of get on here, get to that. But again, we're redoing a little bit of the 2020 NFL draft. Again, a couple of players. Where would we really like to see them? And of course, more hard-hitting football discussions here in just a second on that one dude 2020. Of course, if you redid the 2020 NFL draft, the Bengals, of course, would pick Joe Burrow. But if you look at Washington, who would they actually pick? Will they pick a quarterback? There's just so many different solutions. So many different things they could draft. But if I'm a team, if I'm Washington, would they still have picked Chase Young? Should they still pick Chase Young? There's no doubt Chase Young was that phenomenal talent. I get it. Now, folks, there's just so many different questions. Again, last time for tonight, we'll get back to commercial break. Give me just a second, and we'll be right back. Back here, that one, dude, 2020, every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. 
we're really looking back at the 2020 NFL draft. Here we go. Obviously, the Bengals would redraft Joe Burrow. Phenomenal guy. Had a torn ACL. Again, I wish him the best. But, again, it is the Bengals organization. We know the past. of certain NFL quarterbacks. You know who I am talking about. But, folks, again, before we move on, let me make this clear. Um, when their days were not making content, I'll put up old past videos of that one, dude, 2020. So at least every single day, we can guarantee that there's content for everybody out there that loves the network. So y'all can always be entertained. Y'all can always enjoy what we do here on the MI6 Sports Network. If you look at it, Kirstie, I think I would agree. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, I would still pick C.D. Lamb at number 17. I agree. C.D. Lamb played phenomenal this past year. He's one of those receivers that you got to have. Is it worth it? It's another story. Maybe, maybe not. But if I'm the Jaguars, would I have drafted him without going after Justin Jefferson? We know in the past the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe are not the best at drafting at the receiver position. They had Allen Robinson. Of course, he went. We know the, the, the situation where the Jaguars are going. But the, if I think of multiple teams, should my different Broncos I drafted Jerry Judy. I think he's a great player. I don't see Corin Sun. We weren't. It's kind of a surprise that he had the injury that he did this year. But again, there's just so many different questions of who could have drafted who. Could they have redone it again or again and again here? Folks, we're getting our last one to two topics here for that one, dude, 2020, before we kind of end it right here. Again, I know it's a little bit of a short show, but things just happen the way that they do. But a big story from this past week, my little kid self got really. Really excited here, folks, to really hear this announcement that some big video game, NCAA football, college football, is coming back. Yes! 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 You like that? You like that? No, I do like that. But this does weigh some kind of awareness. This does make me kind of question, hmm. EA just renewed their license with the NFL for the next five to six years to make more Madden games. So if NCAA college football is coming back, is it going to be the same people that made Madden 20? Is it going to be the same people that played Madden 21? If that is the case, it really makes me question how much time are they going to develop us really going to put into this game? Is it obviously going to be like another cash grab? What type of ultimate team are they really going to do? So kind of, Reading a little bit of this article, and we're going to get into it here. Again, this is the last NCAA video game was released in 2014. Okay, 2013 for the 2013-2014 college football season. Of course, we knew the lawsuit with players not being able to get paid for their likeness, and that has actually changed here, folks. So we could see uh, players getting paid. You could see the names on the roster, if they opt in it or not. I mean, it's really interesting to have college football games back but again folks here in the comment section below i would love to hear your opinion are all of you any of y'all excited that ncaa college football video games are back i'm excited for the announcement but i'm also questioning it because if it's the same people that are making the current madden game i really don't expect much for it and of course with the rise in price of the playstation 5 and xbox series x games it's not worth 70 bucks. I'm sorry. Like, I'm not here to apologize for that. It's really not. EA knows my opinion on that. They blocked me on my email when I tried to get a refund. EA, 
if y'all are making NCAA 23, the same people that made Madden, I really have no hope. The announcement is exciting, but if they can just do a little, mostly what they did in 14 and add some new things or bring back some old things, I would love to see what they do. Maybe they can continue to bring back Road to Glory. If they don't bring back Road to Glory, which is one of the main great things with Kirk Kerstreet and, of course, Aaron Andrews, that's the thing that I love. That's the thing that I enjoyed. But if they don't bring it back, then obviously I'm not going to be surprised because EA, we know what they've done time and time again. Well, you can look at soft drink TV, YouTube pace. I made a good point. They take stuff out and they bring it back in and call it new. Hence, your face of the franchise in Madden 20, which really wasn't a new added thing to the game. Jason Gonzalez comes in the same. I'm not going near an NCAA product. Again, I totally agree. This is why Madden 21 was so bad, like you see in the trailer. I bought a PlayStation 3 and bought the old, good, classic NCAA video games. Even NCAA 07 with, I believe, Reggie Bush on the cover. Christy Wilson also comes in the same. Not really for me because I'm not the biggest video game fan. Like, that's okay. I mean, if you're not, again, everybody, like I said here, I name my six. We all have our different things that we like. So we don't come from a place of judgment. If you're not excited about it, that's okay. Again, everybody has their own things you're interested in, and there is nothing wrong with that. James Gonzalez, I love this comment here. I'm making it a PlayStation 2 for this one. Playing NCAA 06 was awesome back then. I agree, because that was, I believe, the last year Vince Young was in a college football game, and that was the last time in a very long time that my Texas Longhorns were relevant in the NCAA, but it's also saying in this article, over 100 and over 100 FBS schools will appear in the latest EA, or it's EA, so probably not really optimistic about the game, sports college football game. Again, EA Sports is planning on to use rosters without the name amateur players to likeness or real players according with the current NCAA rules, but again, with that lawsuit, it could be changing here. You kind of ring it down here again. 2013, they stopped production. And the first NCAA game was back in 1993. But kind of what it's saying here, folks, is when they do release it, it most likely or potentially could be the 2022 college football season. So it could be NCAA 23. But my really expectation of, the, of this is eh. Because, again, folks, I 100% agree with you. We know EA doesn't care. It's the same people that make Madden 20 and Madden 21, which absolutely has not been a good game since Madden 08 when I played on the PSP or the PlayStation 3 like I have right now. Because back then, you could create your own team, your own stadium, the customization of fans, customization of fans. You can't do any of that. You see your players on the sidelines look like they're eight foot tall. I mean, it's just so many things. You can't be surprised. If Madden, sorry, if NCAA 23 looks anything like Madden 21 or Madden 22 or Madden 20, I don't see how many more how many years they're really going to make these games because people aren't going to like them. But again, if it's just like Madden, it's going to be a cash grab with false advertising. Jinxon's Zoss comes in to say, Madden on PS2 had better graphics than Madden now. And you're right, really, because again, the many, many things we talk about Madden, I stopped playing Madden 21 because again, it is it's like so tragic. So bad. So many glitches. Again, you can have the best graphics that look great. But when you really play the game, I enjoy the older Madden games. 
because there's so many different features, you can play the previous moments, the best moments from the previous NFL season. And there's nothing now that is new compared to back then. You had the X Factor mode thing in Madden 20. You had something very similar. And of course, in Madden 2005 through Madden 2000, forgot whatever year. So that's not a new feature. We know EA doesn't care. EA, it is not in the game. Christopher Wilson also says to come in. I think my husband has a Madden game from the Nintendo 64. Again, from the Nintendo 64 to the early to mid-late days of PlayStation 3 is when it was good. And after that, you had Madden 13, you had Madden 25, and so on and so forth. And we know how those games turn out. But again, ladies and gentlemen, I would love to hear y'all's opinion. Any single fan of NCAA past NCAA games, which one was your favorite? Are you really excited for potentially NCAA 23? Or is this going to be just like the current Madden games where it's false advertising and it's really not going to tickle your feathers at all in any way, shape, or form? Ladies and gentlemen, a quick announcement here before we end the show. In just under 10 days, it'll be the one-year anniversary since I started sports career. Of course, we're working on the Monday or February 15th, like 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. That'd be like the one-year anniversary show. And, of course, we have a quick trailer for you before we kind of click the sneak peek of a six-minute video. I say I really hope I can re re replicate my dominance in the new NCAA game, just like an NCAA 14. Well, Isaiah, I don't think playing on freshman mode really counts for anything. You can play on freshman mode all you want. But, of course, you can win. As you talk about dominance, but you're playing – on freshman mode, so I don't think that really counts. <laughs> again, if you really want to talk about it, again, Isaiah, this next one, I'm not going to read the comics. It is pure verbal diary here, beginning, ladies and gentlemen, before we end the show and get to tonight's final thoughts. In quick preview, a six-minute video of the Dow and 2020 one-year anniversary or one-year anniversary favorite moments from the past year. Just a quick clip here before we go into tonight's final thoughts. Honored and, and blown away. Um, but if I don't, man, I, I've got my health. Um, I've got a beautiful family. i got my parents still. Like, we, we've, uh, uh, we're blessed, man. We've got four beautiful kids. I yeah. <laughs> I really am, like, hear me out. I am excited about my brother. A fan lot. base that knows what you're doing before they're going to. Be willing to reach out. I've to seen you. someone, with, someone, someone with the drive and passion to make it in the industry, like I've seen with with you. Difficulties, or and also if me or someone else is busy and can't come on the show, John Alcorn comes off the bench and fills in for us and does a phenomenal job on the programs. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to go at people, and he's a guy that you want to go to bat for. And I'm so thankful that he's part of our network. Mm -hmm. Folks, that last part there is about a year ago for about four to five months. Used to record in the hot car. But the point is, before we really get into that, let's really go into tonight's final thoughts. Again, it has been a great show. Again, that one dude 2020 every single Thursday, 11.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. But like I say here, folks, the sports industry 
is not for everybody. There's there moments where I get frustrated and it's only been a year. Of course I get frustrated sometimes. That's called being human. But I can tell you, like I've told people behind the scenes or off camera, what could hold on how far, if you make it in the sports industry, is how you handle the rejections. Especially when you're getting early on. You're going to get rejected more times than you are accepted. And how you handle that and how you say that will determine, for the most part, your success or even if you make it or not make it in the sports industry. With how many people I've asked to come for interview for the show or for potential jobs or for potential internships, you would think if I got rejected once, then I should quit. No, that's not how it works here, ladies and gentlemen. Having reached out to 210 people for interviews, only five of them have said yes. But again, those five that have showed up, thank you all from the bottom of my heart because you've contributed to my sports career. It means the world to me. But the point is here, folks, less than 2.4% of the time, people accept or even respond to coming to the show. And I say this for encouragement for anybody that wants to come into the sports industry. There's late nights. It's not a nine-to-five job. It's not anything of those sorts. It is late night after late night, reaching out, reaching out, rejection after rejection here, ladies and gentlemen. My last final final thought here is what we try to do on the MI6 Sports Network here is despite what we try to bring joy in things in each and every piece of content that we do. We understand people's days is tough, but we try to do as the MI6 Sports News come together bring joy to all the content that we do and this is basically how we try to do it Assemble. we're a big family here before we go i want to thank all the viewers for tonight isaiah leong isaiah jinxes again maybe a future show i want to thank you to christy wilson james gonzalez of course we got others here onto the show and thank you all so much for the support. We have one more before I forget. I don't want to forget them. Got Shardol. We also have Edward Lee. I don't believe you came into my show before to view. Thank you so much for watching for tonight and supporting all of you. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart. But again, this is That One Dude 2020. Signing off. Have a good one. And I'll see you all again soon. Peace. The Broncos are going to lose today. Never. There's nothing special. Small. 49ers are biased on KD. That is a stupid idea. You're com no. If I can take it with my team, I'll give the Colts the benefit of the doubt. Madden 21 was so bad. I'm gonna throw last time. Has he played? Has he started in the drive? To tell you. Tag them on Instagram. Second, and all these tantrums. I could have. Monte Foreman coming out of Texas. Truly appreciate the offer.